And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. The Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pescavore is packaged in a convenient single serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pescavore is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pescavore, tuna that travels. Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja, and thank you for tuning in for another show another podcast another listen to um just two good people on here trying to have a good conversation today i got a local legend dmv legend philly legend uh, pennsylvania legend he's just a legend in the game uh, i think we met over social media probably facebook and uh i just been seeing all the great things he's been part of and i was like he needs to be on the podcast you guys need to know him so uh james what's going on man Hey, good morning. Good to talk to you. Good to see you Saturday and and uh always love your podcast. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being just a great person in the industry. Thank you. So you are a oyster shucker. Um, you have a shucking service. Tell us a little bit about what's going what you got going on. Sure, sure. Um yeah, I, I traveled all around the Mid-Atlantic area uh, doing events anywhere from a, a cocktail hour at a, at a wedding reception to a, a festival where we need uh, five to 15 shoppers. So um, often I'm asked at an event, where are you from? And I always tell them, what's that got to do with anything? I said, where do you live? What do you need? I'll be there. Then I hold up my knife, which I don't have right now. And I say, you see that? Watch this. Have knife, will travel. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I worked many, many years uh, with a corporation. And, and when I uh, put that behind me, I, I got into, into shucking more often. And, uh, you know, uh, I try to make oyster eating an experience for people. I, I often use uh, your little saying, and I may not get it exactly right, but um, you, you can't make a whole lot of friends serving salads, but you sure can with oysters. And I get a good laugh <laughs> out of that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's the truth. People come up, you know, some events, you know, we might be shucking over a thousand in one day, and then some events is two to three hundred. And uh, people walk up to me and say, whoa, isn't oyster shucking hard work? No, I went, no, nah, I tell them, if it ever becomes hard work, I won't do it. I said, people walk up with a beer in one hand, and all they want is a plate of oysters in the other hand. They come up smiling, send them away smiling. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, it's it's just fun. You know, you're out, you're out with the people. And, and typically, if you're serving oysters or shucking oysters, I mean, it's a relaxed event. And uh, I've been doing this a long time. And of course, we all had, you know, a two to three year break in there with the pandemic. And, and now that things are opening back up again, 
uh, it's just wonderful to be out. I mean, it it could be a uh, you know event outside or a, an event inside. And you know, back when I started shocking back in the '80s, you know, it was you were in the back room of a hall, you threw your oysters on the table, and typically you made a mess, and um, and then you cleaned up afterwards. But now, you know, there's some finesse to it, and uh, and and you know, you have to kind of re-educate some people as to you know what oyster shocking these days is all about, and um, you know. I, I always tell people I'll, I'll come set up in your kitchen and you won't even know I was there when I'm all done. And um, so, you know, it's, it's about customer service and it's about enjoying what you do. And, and it's really kind of a small uh, industry. Uh, you know, everybody knows everybody, you know, other oyster shuckers, whether it's uh, folks like yourself down the DC area or, you know, people up in Southern Pennsylvania or Baltimore or whatever. And then you get to work with these oyster farmers and every oyster farmer just about knows another oyster farmer. And then you work with uh, seafood wholesalers and, and, and restauranteurs and, and whatnot. And it's, uh, it, it's just, it's a good industry. And, and it's really a, a small group. Everybody knows everybody more or less. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's how I always describe it as being like a family reunion when we finally get together. Um, so let's just go back to the beginning, man. Why, why did you want to learn how to shuck in the 1980s or start shucking? Like, why did you get started? I actually started back in the 70s, and uh, I did it to pay my way through college. Um, I, uh, you know, back in those days, you know, taking out a college loan and and uh, going in debt and all that kind of thing, and you know, or, or your parents paying your way, and uh, that. It wasn't least it wasn't my world, but uh, you know I wanted to to make it through college and and how are you going to do that? Well, you, you know you work every day after school and you work on the weekends and you work full time in the summer and you save your money and you pay your way through and so you know I was able to pay my way through college. I worked at a place called Larkins Seafood, which is no longer around. Uh, Jack has passed, but he his whole family was in the seafood business for years. Uh, back in the 70s, I worked about five or six years right on Utah Street, one block from Lexington Market. And um, and, and that's how I started out. And, and it wasn't just oyster shucking. I mean, it was uh, working the retail store. It was driving the truck. It was cutting hundreds of pounds of fish each day, um, plus learning how to, to shuck oysters and clean soft crabs and just everything. And and once I got through college, then I, I got a job with a corporation that I stayed with for decades. And, and um, you know, towards the end of my uh, career with that corporation, I uh, got back into oyster shopping again. You know, we did it when I was a single guy all every weekend, you know, fun stuff in the 80s and, and, uh, and then raised the family and whatnot. And. I don't know, 15 years ago or so, 10 years ago, I got back into it. And now, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's a thing that keeps me pretty dang on busy, but that's how I really learned it. Um, and working for a seafood industry, a seafood market. And back in those days, um, you know, the, the, the seafood market was actually on market street right there in downtown Baltimore. Um, and, you know, now it's down in Jessup, 
But uh, back in those days, it's where Port Discovery is now in downtown Baltimore. That was the original seafood market. And that back in those days, that's where we went and, and got, got seafood. And then we ended up selling it or cutting it or whatever and selling it retail and wholesale. So learned the seafood industry years ago. And, and uh, still some people from back then that, that I still kind of know and stay in touch with. And how has oyster shucking changed over the years? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it's not, you know, the, uh, the, the sloppy throw your oysters on the table and, and mop up the floor when you're all done. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just finesse. You know, back when I started shucking, we didn't have, you know, a stainless steel pan and some kind of way to collect uh, the water and, and, the, and the juices that run off of the oysters as you're shucking. You just threw the oysters on the table and you had your block of wood and, and sitting next to you with some paper plates and you shucked onto a paper plate. And, and now, you know, I, I tell people, I said, I'll come to your kitchen and set up. And when it's all said and done, you won't even know I was there. And uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's been refined. People kind of chuckle. I have business cards and, and most of my references and most of my uh, jobs that I get are usually from me, uh, you know, networking and handing out business cards. And on my business card, my title is professional oyster shocker. And people go, oh, <laughs> professional oyster shocker. Well, yeah, you know, we are professionals and, and we approach it professionally. And uh, when, you know, when I set up an event, you know, I want to, people ask me, what does it cost to have you come? And, and there's no, you know, just flat rate. You have to tell me about your event. Tell me how many people, what are you looking for? What kind of oysters? What kind of sauces? Is it a wedding reception? Is it a, is it just a birthday party? Is it a festival where we need five shuckers? And um, so, you know, I, I think today, back in the day, back in the eighties, I mean, you would show up, I would show up and you'd be always working typically for caterers and a caterer would have a bull and oyster roast. Although they, they still call them bull and oyster roast, but very seldom do you see roasted oysters. Um, although I have a wonderful menu, a wonderful recipe for our roasted oysters in case anybody's interested, which I, I think I snatched up from Orchard Point Oyster Company. But um, so, you know, it's, it's refined and, and uh, you know, we, we go out here and we're professionals and we, we tailor what we do according to what the customer needs. You know, it could be sometimes shucking in a pub where you're shucking multiple oysters and and you have to make the arrangement on the plate uh, the way someone would want it in a, in a restaurant or a pub. Or it could be as simple as shucking a half a dozen oysters onto a, a paper plate in the Knights of Columbus Hall. So, you know, I, I think the, the, those of us who are professionals and, and most of the shuckers in our industry are, you know, we've, we've raised the bar, I'll say. No, I always try to, you know, differentiate you know, a professional oyster shucker and just not, I don't want to say random or plain oyster shucker, but like there's a difference what we bring to the table um, as far as quality, as far as um, the educational portion of it, uh, you know, just different aspects of what we bring to the table and the experience that we provide. Uh, and that's what I think it's all about is the, the experience. You know, and, and you've got to, you know, adjust what you do and how you do it according to the event and what the customer wants. Um, 
for instance, sometimes I, I shuck oysters at Camden Yards. I think you've in the past shucked oysters at Nat, Nats Park. Um, and, and so that's a different situation than, you know, if you're somebody's uh, private party or at a, at a, a, a bull and oyster roast. Um, and of course, working there is fun too. I work there uh, when I do work there for Harris Creek Oyster Company. Uh, I have to tell you a little funny thing. So typically I'm, I'm always behind the table, I'll say, you know, serving the oysters. And, and my friends and I, we got together at the end of February. We actually went to an event uh, in, in Baltimore County where I was in front of the table actually being served. And uh, I ran into a gentleman who I, I know from Camden Yards. And, uh, and so I was shooting the breeze with him and he was serving the beef and whatnot. And, and a friend and, you know, Scott Buttermeyer, he was over there shucking and whatnot. So this, this man gives me a jab, jab. He says, he says, you know, they, they got real shuckers over there. Not like the shuckers at Camden Yards. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, you just have to enjoy what you do. So I'm sure over your time, you've probably ran into some celebrities. Any celebrity stories? <laughs> Actually, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. In 2019, when, when Lamar was early in his career, um, the Orioles walked Lamar around Camden Yards around 4.30 before the gates opened. And, and that was the year that um, the Orioles tried to have local foods and local restaurants and, and local breweries serving the food at Camden Yards. So they, they wanted to make a little video with Lamar walking around, trying all these different foods. So at that time, again, I was working for Harris Creek Oyster Company and they had us based um, right at gate H um, below the Budweiser deck. So I don't know how many places Lamar had eaten before that, but they walked Lamar up and they got a film crew with him. And we had oyster fritters and uh, Cajun catfish and crab cakes. And so Lamar trying all that, he loved it. Well, we had Harris Creek oysters that day and we had some Virginia oysters. I'm a little bit partial to briny oysters. So I thought, and Lamar was up for trying a roll of oysters. So he, um, he did. I shucked him one and he, he tried it. And um, I, I don't think it went down. And he, he <laughs> turned around. <laughs> and the film crew said, we won't put that on there. But he walked, he turned around and came back to me and looked right at me. He says, that tastes like the sea. I went, well, yeah, Lamar. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what he do, yeah. And, uh, and then I, I've shucked oysters for Boot Pal. Uh, I was there again, probably the same year. And this man comes up and I'm looking at him and he was younger than Boot, but he was spitting image and he ordered some oysters. And uh, I said, man, you look a lot like Boot Pal. He said, there's a good reason I'm his son. So I, that year I had the 13 game season ticket plan. And um, about two nights later, I wasn't working the booth. I took my son to the game and there was Boot at his at his stand and so we're walking down utah street inside the ballpark and i walked past boog i said hey boog how'd you like those oysters the other night so he, he we struck up a conversation and 
I said, well, you stop up anytime, Boog, and I'll take good care of you. <laughs> there you go, man. That's what it's all about, man. Honestly, just having a good time, um, getting everybody else to have a good time. Like you said, they come up with a beer in one hand. All, all they wanted some oysters in the other. Um, so that's, that's what it's all beer. about. Um, yeah. Making those connections. That's it. And, you know, you just, uh, you got to enjoy what you're doing. If you don't, you might as well find something else to do. Might and well. oyster shucking is, is fun. And uh, being out with the people is fun. And, uh, yeah, so it's all good. And um, so, uh, I'm happy and blessed. There we go. Let's talk about the other side of oyster shucking, the recycling part. Uh, I know you've been kind of like uh, a big part of the, the show recycling, um, you know, with oyster recovery and those type of things. Why is that so important to you? Well, uh, certainly I don't have all the scientific knowledge that uh, others might have, but I know that if we don't get the shells back to the bay, we won't have oysters. I mean, that's as basic as it is. And, and um, so I am very passionate about recycling the shells and uh, I get quite bothered if, if the shells aren't recycled at a particular event. So, um, but you know, the way I explain it and you know, the layman's understanding that I have is that, you know, the, the shells um, are needed for the oyster larvae to attach to, which, you know, becomes spat on shell. And um, I've attended some seminars recently, webinars with, with Oyster Recovery Partnership, and they went into it uh, in more depth. And those uh, webinars are probably available on their website. Um, and uh, I'm actually planning a road trip with some buddies of mine, and we're going to go down to Cambridge to Horn Point and, and tour the laboratory and then uh, tour about three different oyster farms uh, on the eastern shore. But, um, you know, uh, I guess I've kind of known this, but recently through that webinar, you know, that the shells are sent back to Cambridge and they're let uh, sit outside for upwards of a year to have the weather clean them off. And then they bring them in the laboratory to clean them again and then mix them with the larvae in a controlled environment. I guess in some cases they, they might crush the shells and, and mix shell pieces with larvae. In other cases, they may just take the shells and, and uh, replenish the, the floor of the bay or, or just build it up. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, Scott Button at Orchard Point Oyster Company. And um, I spoke with him recently and I know he's working with uh, the University of Maryland to try to come up with a man-made oyster shell because um, you know shells are in such demand. And um, wherever I travel around, I'm always trying to educate people as well on why it's so important to recycle the oyster shells. You know, again, I travel from Maryland's Eastern Shore, Northern Virginia, DC, Baltimore, even Southern Pennsylvania. I was doing a job outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania about a month ago. And, um, you know, those folks up there, they, they had no clue about oyster shell recycling. And, and you know, it was a hall of 200 men at American Legion. And uh, I, if I had one conversation, I had 20, you know, about why it's so important. And I, I have, white buckets and I have have a mark shells only. I have the ORP sticker on them. And um, yeah, um, 
It's a good thing my wife doesn't walk around the other side of the garage because I usually have several thousand shells stacked up there. Um, funny thing was I was on a cabin trip with my sons back in November and I did roast some oysters over an open fire and, you know, put cheese and bacon and all that kind of thing on it. Well, I, I brought those shells back in a bag. You know, sometimes you get oysters in a box, sometimes in a bag. You were talking about your dog earlier. So my dog always lays up on, on the driveway by the road. And this for like two, three days straight, she's not, she's going around the back of the house and staying there. I'm like, what's up with this dog? Why? And turns out she had found that bag with still the bacon and cheese bits kind of forged <laughs> to the shell from roasting them. And she had shells spread out in the backyard. She was having a party. She and, was living uh, her best life, having her own, her own <laughs> oyster roast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so shell recycling is very, very important. And, um, you know, we just have to keep doing our best to, to educate. And, you know, I've always even offered to um, ORP to, to help try to get something going in York County, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Baltimore County. Maryland, but uh, right now living in just over the line in York County, and, and we have a need up here to do more shell recycling. So um, ORP knows that I'm available to help, and um, wherever I can do my part, I'm going to keep keep doing it. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Um, as we say in the military, thank you for your service. But no, it, it really is a service, um, because as you know, I mean, a lot of people really don't, you know, know about shell recycling, and I would say when I first started uh, shucking oysters, you know, one of my biggest questions was like, uh, what's the difference between oysters? Now, the biggest question is, well, what do you do with the shells? You know, that's the biggest question that people ask. They, they just want to know. They, they really want to know. They care. Um, and also, you know, part of my social media plan is to educate people about shell recycling. So, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I mentioned the, the, the event up in Harrisburg area, but uh, even sometimes on, on the Eastern Shore or in Baltimore, where you think that people would would understand uh, why shell recycling is so important, uh, they typically don't. So, I mean, it's, it's enjoyable to not only serve oysters and keep that smile on somebody's face, but it's it's very enjoyable to talk to people about shell recycling and why that's so important and uh, maybe we'll we'll convert one person to understand more about shell recycling that that didn't know before so um, we just you know those that those of us that are in the industry and and can get the message out we just you know keep carrying the flag and 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 letting people know how important it is all right so not to put you on the spot but do you have a favorite brand of oysters well, <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm being the, I'm being the customer now. So <laughs> yeah, no problem. When I'm working for an oyster farmer, I love your oysters. If you're farmer X Y Z, I love you. If you're farmer A, and and quite honestly, the oyster farmers and and aquaculture is is just growing and growing, and and these oyster farmers wherever they are based, whether they're in Maryland in Eastern Bay Area or Chester River, or whether they're, you know, down on the lower stretches of the Virginia Peninsula, you know, they put a lot of passion and hard work into their oysters, as well as, you know, oyster fishermen who do wild catch. I mean, you know, those who are catching the oysters, 
in the industry, you know, God bless them all. And we wouldn't be here without the, the ladies and the men that, that work hard to bring us the oysters out of the water. Um, so I myself, I'm, I'm partial to a briny oyster. And, uh, but at the same time, if you, you get an oyster out of that uh, Chester River, Eastern Bay, uh, even, um, you know, down where the local oyster in True Chesapeake uh, grows their oysters, I think it's uh, uh, St. Jerome's Creek. There's some very tasty oysters. So, um, you know, another thing you talked about shell recycling, but a lot of times people uh, don't understand that the oysters taste like the water they're grown in. You know, whether it's that um, sweet, buttery Maryland oyster that's farm raised, um, or whether it's that really briny tidal Virginia oyster, or whether it's something from Prince Edward Island. You know, uh, a couple of years back, I went out with a buddy of mine and we went to some, some ballparks on the West Coast, followed the Orioles around. And we were traveling down the Pacific Coast and we stopped in Encinitas and we had some Baja Mexico oysters, very different taste. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun to taste the oysters from uh, different areas. How would you describe those Baja uh, Mexico oysters? They actually had a bit of a metallic taste. They were they were very interesting. They were good, um, but different. And and then I talked to other people that are um, like from the Pacific Northwest that they swear by like you know those oysters. Uh, I don't. So you know it's 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 all in taste, you know. And then you've got people that you know only want blue points. You know, only one mouth packs. Um, to me, I'm I'm happy with uh, you know a good tasty oyster that my customers are happy with. <laughs> I always give the spill um, about Blue Point, so I, I won't get on that soapbox today. But uh, a portion of it is I'm like you know Blue Points are good, but they aren't consistent. So what I like to say is I deal with, um, uh, what's the thing? Cops Island. They're Blue Point oysters, but it's from a specific company. And I know those oysters are always going to be consistent. So the, the thing that I don't like about Blue Point is, you know, everybody or anybody can throw their name on a Blue Point oyster and say it's a Blue Point oyster. Now, whether, you know, they're just doing it for marketing or just trying to sell oysters because they know people like Blue Point oysters. It's whatever. That's beyond me. But I always say I like Cops Island, which happened to be a Blue Point oyster. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's just that. And the same thing with Malpacks. Um, I just tell people when you're eating oysters, just think about the flavor profile. Don't don't really think about the name. You know, the name is good because the next time you come around, you can say, "Hey, yeah, I like those oysters." Um, but once you know you like a salty oyster from, you know, the Damariscotta River or, uh, or a sweet oyster from the Rappahannock River, you know, any oyster in that region, and if you ask your oyster shucker, they should be able to tell you where they're from, you should be pretty happy with what you get. Yeah, I agree. I just recently got some oysters from uh, Whitestone Oyster Company, which are Rappahannock uh, oysters, and, and they were very tasty. We had a uh, an event my friends and I got together and they were they were very tasty oysters 
so after your shucking story is done, you know, what, what do you want to be known for? Because I think you are, um, you know, a great pillar in the oyster shucking community. What would you like to be known for? Oh, maybe a smile and serving good oysters um, in a way that people can really enjoy them. You know, I, um, if, you, if you go on my Instagram page or my Facebook page, you'll see some of my, my setups. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to make it an experience. So I'd like people to think that, you know what, when, when Jim Thies was serving oysters at that event, Boy, they were really neat. Uh, they tasted great, and uh, we really liked his display. I, I just recently enhanced my display for this private party I did Saturday night. Um, a few years back, um, I, I found this uh, boat, and um, the lady actually used it as a photography prop, and she would put, you know, children in it as as kind of a setting. To take a picture and but the thing has a has a thin galvanized insert and i looked at that i, I might have found it on facebook marketplace and i went oh my gosh that's perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> i drove down to annandale virginia and got it from the lady and and i modified it so it had a drain plug in and all this kind of thing but but i've been thinking about you know because I, I, I when i see displays on Instagram of different people, whether they have a little shelf with the hot sauces in it or netting, you know, or a little buoy here. Oh, that's cool. You know, you can't add too much. But so I think I saw somebody with, it looked like the, the ice was lit. So I found these um, waterproof LED lights and, and I put them on the inside of the boat just adjacent to where the ice goes. And as they lowered the lights at this party Saturday evening, uh, it, it just looked great. And uh, so, you know, what would I like to be known for? You know, uh, uh, someone who, hey, if you want to get a good oyster and, and you want to have fun doing it, go see Jim Thies. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Love it. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes, you know, especially like last fall, I mean, uh, Again, coming on the back end of the pandemic, um, it got really busy. And so, uh, you know, there was jobs, there were days where more jobs would come in than I could personally cover. And so, you know, I, I know and I work with a whole group of professional shuckers like yourself. And so when, when the volume of work picks up, uh, I, I'll reach out to a fellow professional shucker and, and see if they're available. Uh, he, she or he and and uh, you know so that we 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 get our customers satisfied and, and the same thing happens with you know fellow shuckers that I work with they'll they'll give me work as well so you know um, I guess that's that's how I like to be remembered but I, I don't I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon uh, no <laughs> people, that's People say, you're busy. I said, no, 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 I'm not busy. I said, when I worked for a corporation for years and years and years, I was busy. Right now, I'm active. <laughs> so you go. I'm going to stay active and, and oyster shucking and having fun serving oysters is, is part of my planned activity for years to come. 
if the Lord be willing. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. But you know, the thing about it is, um, I don't know if you know it, but I used to work in the shucking house in Shigate. And I I promise you, like there were people, they had to be in their high 80s. You know what I mean? They were still shucking strong, you know, 80s. I believe it. And I mean, it was just, of course, I probably, I was the youngest person. I would say the next youngest person probably been in their early 60s. (laughs) It, It was that much of a gap. You know, I was in my 20s then. Um, but just to see the longevity and, you know, what's funny is maybe this generation is just different and or soft or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, you know, my back hurts. Oh, my knees hurt. My ankles hurt. My hands hurt. You know, like, I'm like, how in the heck are these, you know, these, the people who I remember shucking in their, you know, 80s, 70s and 80s, how were how they still going so strong? But I guess, you know, you do what you got to do, honestly. You know, that's just the, the, the matter of it. Yeah, you know, and, and you have to, you know, stay at it because if you get away from it, you know, you you might be more sore after an event or, you know, your, your, um, your pace may, may slow down. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, but those, those folks there, they, they knew the industry in and out and it's, it's always good to, to run into some people like that. And I know last summer I got to meet your dad and, and I know he's got, uh, deep roots in the seafood industry. So it was good to meet, meet him as well. And I've, I've heard you say, you know, uh, share a little bit about your past, uh, growing up in that Virginia area. Um, you know, I, I think back, you know, to uh, when I did go through college and if I had to do it all over again, you know, I would probably study something marine biology or something like that and would have spent my years in working, uh, you know, on the water more. Um, spent a lot of time on the water, you know, recreationally and still do when I can. Uh, but uh, it's always enjoyable to get down to uh, Chickateek or, or Crisfield, you know, Cambridge or Chestertown or over to Rock Hall or St. Michael's. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, I remember years ago, I was going down to camp at James Island State Park and we took my little boat out in Tanger Sound trying to get some, some trout. And, um, you know, back in, and this probably goes back to the 70s, and, and where, you know, there wasn't a retail store in Crisfield because why would they need a retail store? It's the seafood capital of the world. You know, people have their own seafood. So we're trying to find some soft crabs to cook over the campfire. And we ended up, we found the door open at a sloughing house and we walked in and oh my goodness, here are these whale soft crabs. And we found somebody in there and, you know, they're doing wholesale and you know, boxes and boxes and crates. Well, we ended up, you know, getting enough for our, ourselves and they sold them to us and, and we got some. But, uh, oh, I'll, mm, I'll make myself hungry thinking about this soft crab cooked over <laughs> open fire. <laughs> well, it is the season right now, right? For soft crab. It is, coming. yeah. Oh. JJ McDonald's is advertising right now that they've got uh, soft crabs available. Oh, I'm going to have to hit them up for sure. Um, did you want to share your um, your grilled recipe? Or is that is that uh, top secret? 
Well, no, it's not really. I just, uh, just some salted butter. You could use unsalted butter and a little sriracha sauce. And then, um, you know, shuck the oysters in the cup. And then um, you can do it over a gas grill or right over hot coals over a campfire and, and let the oyster uh, kind of cook in its own juice in the cup of the shell and, and mix in a little, uh, and you can do any come, kind of seasoning. Come on, man. <laughs> you're, you're, you're killing me now. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, and then me. a little bacon bits and a little uh, shredded cheese. And it only, Dang. I mean, if you're doing it over hot coals or, or a, a, a grill that's a gas grill that's hot, it, it might take, take only three minutes. Yeah. And uh, annually, my friends and I, we go away the first weekend of March and we either do a backpacking trip or we do it, we go to a cabin. And so I, I must have grilled 150 oysters that way um, for my buddies and I. And, and you eat them like peanuts at that point. But uh, part of that uh, recipe, I, I recently picked up from uh, Scott Button with Orchard Point when we were doing a, uh, a wedding reception for a buddy of his. So, uh, but uh, yeah, a little uh, salted butter, maybe a little sriracha sauce, some, some bacon bits and, and shredded cheese. And, and you can add whatever you want from there, but uh, uh, they'll go down mighty smooth when you when you cook them that way. Matter of fact, I think I'm making myself hungry now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time and finally joining the podcast. Uh, I've had a bunch of interruptions. I hopefully this audio comes out pretty good with the puppy in the background and then my daughter. Song today. Well, maybe it'd be the same thing for the listeners, but uh, I appreciate you. Uh, where can the listeners find you next? And uh, do you have any like steady gigs you do or how can they find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram, um, Thies Shucking Services. That's T-S and Thomas, H-I-E-S-S. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Uh, my phone number is listed there. My email address. I don't have a website, but pick up the phone and give me a call. And um, um, if I hook up with, with uh, Harris Creek, you'll find me at some Oriole games. Um, matter of fact, if you go to the Jimmy's Famous Seafood um, opening day Orioles tailgate party, I'll see you there. Uh, but, uh, you know, look me up and, and uh, let's eat some oysters and have some fun together.